My work was not done. I could not halt myself any more at that moment than I could at any moment. I pulled up her dress, not the whole thing, but rather a section of it. I did not hack or flail. I was not indiscriminate or promiscuous in my movement. I had thought too long about this, and I meant to do it as I had planned, savor it for the pleasures it offered, and at the same time not attract attention by flamboyant action. I quickly cut a gap in the twisted white cotton of whatever undergarment with which she shielded her body, finding it thinly milled, easily yielding to the press of blade, and the bare flesh itself was exposed. So sad, that flesh. Flaccid, undisciplined by musculature beneath, perhaps stretched by passage of a child or nine. It seemed to have fissures or signs of collapse already upon it, and was dead cold to touch. I placed the tip of my fine piece of Sheffield steel into it, put some muscle behind it, felt resistance, pushed harder, and finally skin and muscles and subcutaneous tissue yielded and the tip punctured, then slid in an inch or two. The sound of entry had a liquid tonality. Now, having the purchase and the angle, I pulled hard toward me, again using the belly of the blade against the woman, and felt it cut. The shaft of the knife produced exquisite sensations. I could actually imagine the subtle alteration in rhythm as the edge engaged differing resistance, while at the same time each region of blade had a differing response to what lay before it. Thus the progress, with these two factors playing against each other, ran from the slippery, gristly, unstable coil of the small intestine, all loose and slobbery-like, the thinnest part of the blade more sensitive to the instability, until it became firm and meaty as the cutwork descended to the stouter and lower end of the blade, stabilized by my pressure against the bolster, this last sensation as it interrupted the outer raiments of the body, the skin, the muscled underneath. The blade made its pilgrim's progress through Sweetie's abdomen toward her notch, which I had no need to observe and left for other women on other nights. For now it was enough to watch as, in the blade's wake, a jagged, blackened crevice lay revealed to me as the two edges of the wound separated, yielding the structures below. There was no blood. She had already bled out. Her heart, starved of fuel, had already ceased to beat, and so no pressure propelled internal fluids outward. It was just a raw wound, a hideous rent in the flesh that would have caused oceans of pain had anyone been home to notice them. It was a fine piece of handiwork, that. I felt some pride, for I had been curious about the yield of flesh to blade post-mortem. Not neat, not a bit of it, just ripped and mangled, mutilated, one might say. I put another one into her to pursue the strange delight it gave me, and was equally pleased with the knife's work and my own skill and attention to detail. At this point the odors of elemental reality and extinction had produced sensual epistles. It was a mad stench of the metallic, 
from the copper penny musk of the blood to ordure from food alchemized until it became shit for expulsion at the further end of the coils, and finally to piss, which somehow, someway, had slopped across everything, as if I'd nicked a tube in one of my awkward strokes. I inhaled it greedily, delicious, almost ambrosial. A cloud of dizziness filled my head, and I had half a sensation of swoon come across me. Then some mad infant within commanded me to further desecration. I needed to puncture her more. Why? God in heaven knows.